Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Ezekiel. We're in Ezekiel. Turn with me now, please. Let's look it up together. Ezekiel chapter 11. And please stand with me. We're going to read verses 19 and 20 together. When you've got that, please, everybody that's able. If you don't want to read it out loud, that's okay. But let's stand out of reverence for God's word today. When you've got it, stand up and we'll read it together, please. All right. Everybody stand, please. And I will give them a singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. You may be seated. My grandmother, my dad's mom, was a hard woman. She could be sweet and compassionate, but man, there were times she could be really hard, really hard, and it came out of selfishness, and she did have a rough life, but still, she would say things and do things that were incredibly hurtful, and it brought distance between her and her children. It wreaked havoc in the marriages in our family. And I don't know about the other grandkids, but for me, I could never get close to her. I always kept her at a distance because I didn't know which grandma I was going to get. I didn't know if I was going to get the sweet one or if I was going to get the harsh one. And my dad always honored and respected her, but he made it very clear to me, especially in my teen years, that what she did was not right. And he told me that he would talk to her about it. And he would say, you know, what you're doing, it's wrong. And you need God. And her response was, it's not a big deal. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't ended up in jail. That was her favorite line. I haven't ended up in jail, so it can't be that bad, really. It's not a big deal. And we hear that around us, don't we? It's not a big deal. I haven't killed anybody. I haven't cheated on my spouse. I haven't stolen anything. I haven't lied well when it matters. I don't cuss and swear. Well, not all the time. And the world around us, and sometimes we ourselves come to a place where we think sin's sin's really not a big deal. Because after all, God's love, right? And if God is love, then, then it's okay. He 
he's going to make an exception. If he is so loving, he, he's going to make an exception for, for my kids, for my coworkers, for those poor people. He's going to make an exception. What I do or what they do, I, I do so much more good than I do bad. Really, overall, I'm a good person. I'm, I'm, good, I'm good enough. We've been looking in the book of Ezekiel, and today we're going to be looking through at chapters 4 through 11. Don't worry, not every word. We won't be here all day. But I want you to jump with me through some passages. Let's start at Ezekiel chapter 5, verse 11. You could put up that next screen, Alex. That'd be great. That'll help people out. As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I will cut you off completely. I will show you no pity at all because you have defiled my temple with your vile images and detestable sins. Over to chapter 6, verse 9. They will recognize how hurt I am by their unfaithful hearts and lustful eyes that long for their idols. Chapter 7, verse 13. For what God has said applies to everyone. It will not be changed. Not one person whose life is twisted by sin will ever recover. Chapter 9. Verse 9, the sins of the people of Israel and Judah are very, very great. The entire land is full of murder. The city is filled with injustice. They are saying, the Lord doesn't see it. The Lord has abandoned the land, so I will not spare them or have any pity of them. I will fully repay them for all they have done. Chapter 11, verse 5. This is what the Lord says to the people of Israel. I know what you are saying, for I know every thought that comes into your minds. And over to verse 11 in the same chapter. I will judge you even to the borders of Israel, and you will know that I am the Lord, for you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. Instead, you have copied the standards of the nations around you. It's pretty clear. Sin's a pretty big, big deal to God, isn't it? He's not pulling any punches here at all. In chapter 4, I really encourage you to read all of these chapters this week. But in chapter 4, God says to Ezekiel, I want you to lay on one side of your body for 390 days. That's over a year right? I want you to lay there for 390 days, and then I want you to flip over on the other side for 40 days. You see, Israel had been one people, and at some point they split, and they became Israel and Judah. So the 390 days represented 390 years that Israel had sinned, been disobedient, and rebellious. And the 40 days represented 40 years that Judah had been sinful, rebellious, and disobedient. 
Then in chapter 5, God says to Ezekiel, I want you to get a really sharp sword. And I want you to shave your head and your beard. And then I want you to take all of that. I want you to get a scale. Because I want to make sure this is done right. I want you to get a scale and weigh it. And I want you to take precisely one-third of that. And I want you to burn it until you have no recollection that it's even here. Then the second... Third, he says, I want you to take that and I want you to chop it up into tiny little bits. Tiny, tiny little bits. You can't even recognize it. Then the last third, he says, I want you to take a tiny little bit. I want you to take a tiny bit, put it in your pocket. But the rest of it, I want you to take it and I want you to just scatter it to the wind. Let's go to chapter 5, verse 7. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You people have behaved worse than your neighbors, and you have refused to obey my decrees and regulations. You have not even lived up to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, I myself, the sovereign Lord, am now your enemy. I will punish you publicly while all the nations watch. Now, these were his chosen people. Because of your detestable idols... I will punish you like I have never punished anyone before or ever will again. Parents will eat their own children, and their children will eat their parents. I will punish you and scatter to the winds the few who survive. God is making it very clear here, isn't he? No one gets away with sin. But he doesn't leave them there, right? He doesn't leave them there. Let's go back to chapter 11. And this time, let's start reading at verse 18. When the people return to their homeland, they will remove every trace of their vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them a singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart so they will obey my decrees and regulations. Then they will truly be my people and I will be their God. But as for those who long for vile images and detestable idols, I will repay them fully for their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken. When we have a disobedient child, sometimes we give them a time out, right? We, we put them over there to think about what they've done. And the idea being that we put them there, they think about what they've done, and when their timeout's over, they get up, they make things right, and they do it differently, right? Yeah, right. And this is what God's doing to Israel. He's saying, I'm giving you a time out. The rest of you that are left, you're getting a time out, and I want you to think about what you're doing. That's what exile is all about. But just like all the parents, and I heard you giggling, we know what happens, right? Kids don't always get it right. And so that's why God says, for those of you for those of you that get it, for you, those of you who think about it and realize, yeah, you've messed up, 
I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to make it soft. I'm going to take that hard heart that got all twisted by sin that you can't recover from on your own, but I will give you a new heart if you come back to me. But if you don't, hmm, don't be mistaken. Don't be mistaken. I'm not going to turn my eye. Just because you had the time out doesn't change anything. No one, no one gets away with sin. My grandmother died about two years ago, and we traveled to Ontario for the funeral. And I'm sitting in the funeral home before it started, and my brother comes up, and he sits in the row before me, and he turns around, and he says, so Cheryl, how do you think this is going to go? And I know exactly what he was thinking. Have you ever been to a funeral like that? They give a eulogy, and you have no idea who they're talking about? No clue! And that's what he was saying to me. How do you think this is going to go? And I was thinking the same thing. My second cousin, who's old enough to be an uncle of mine, so he knew my grandmother well, he did the eulogy. And the first thing he said was, well, we all know what Caroline was like. And you could just hear everybody breathe. And he wasn't disrespectful. And he wasn't mean. But he talked about how she could be sweet. And he talked about how she could be harsh. And he gave examples of both. And when he sat down, the pastor got up and he was visibly shaken. Visibly shaken. And he even stammered a little bit and said, that's not the lady I knew. Because something had happened. The last few years of my grandmother's life, she lived in a long-term care. And when she was there, she realized that sin really was a big deal. And she accepted Jesus. And Jesus got a hold of her life and made her a new creation. So he had no idea who everybody else was talking about because he only knew the new Caroline. I said to him later, uh, sorry, we should have done that. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1. It's right near the very back of your Bible. Verse 8 says this. If we claim we have no sin, we are not only fooling ourselves, and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claimed we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. If sin wasn't a big deal, why did Jesus have to come? Jesus came 
perfect man, God. And he died and he rose again so that we can have that new heart in Ezekiel, right? We can't do it without him. So here we are, folks. If nobody gets away with sin, and that's what we're seeing in Ezekiel, right? That's not me saying it. It's right here. We're left with two options. We're left with destruction and transformation. Those are the two options. There's nothing in the middle. There's no exceptions. It's destruction or transformation. That's got to bring us to think about three things. The first one is repent, right? If you don't have Jesus, there is no other way. We have to repent, we have to come to him, we have to say, I can't do this. Only you can do this. It's got to bring us to fight. We talked about this last week. If the only two options are destruction and transformation, we've got to fight for the people around us. The ones that we love the ones that we brush shoulders with. And finally, it's got to bring us to give up. It's got to bring us to a point where we give up absolutely everything in us and relinquish it to God. This series is called Clean. Deep Clean. We've got to allow God into every little nook and cranny of our lives. No more cobwebs, no more dirt under the rug. We've got to allow him to make us holy. Only he can do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. But Jesus, right? But Jesus. And through the Holy Spirit, that is exactly what can happen. We need to repent, we need to fight, and we need to give it all up, folks. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down to earth people following Jesus and down to earth ways.